Good afternoon. Thank you everyone for joining. Uh, this is the second episode of ABCs with D. Always be closing with me, Dakota. Super excited to have my second guest, Justina, and I want to make sure I pronounce the last name properly. So please. <laughs> it's Justina Omokwa. Omokwa. Perfect. So Justina. Thank yes. you so much for being here today. I know you're super, super busy. And I, I see you're on safari, so this is even more exciting. Yes, I'm on safari. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to stay positive in this COVID season. You can't let you look. There's only so much we can control, um, and we got to focus on those things, right? So I, I can't control COVID, unfortunately, but I can control my mood. I can change my background. I, you know, I can, I can make it exciting. So I love it. <laughs> Amazing. So thank you so much for joining. And so for those who don't know, Justina is currently the SVP of brand marketing at Endeavor. Uh, Justina also held a role uh, as the global head of content and strategy of lifestyle at Apple. Uh, Justina also played a role in marketing and strategy at companies like Verizon and Nokia and PepsiCo. You've just been killing it. So super <laughs> excited to have you here. I think it'll be very valuable um, for everybody who's tuning in. Before we jump into your role at Endeavor and what the marketing world looks like today, I'd love to learn a little bit more about Justina and your story. Yeah. So could we start there? Okay. Sure, <laughs> so, I was born and raised in Toronto, so Canadian girl, I'm woo! here for it. There um, we go. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I would say for me, I grew up with the expectations of, I think, most uh, African children worldwide and West Indian children. I was to be either a doctor, lawyer, engineer, uh, teacher, I could work at a bank. I didn't really follow that path. Um, I wanted to be a lawyer and I took a law class in, I took a couple of law classes in high school mm -hmm. and I just felt like the judicial system and my personality, we didn't agree. Okay. Um, and then I, when I went to, when I went to university, I, um, Sorry, prior to going to, to university, I had thought like, oh, I'll be a doctor, but I really don't like, I, I wanted specifically to be a surgeon, but I don't like blood. So that was, that was out. That was out. And yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I meandered around in terms of what I wanted to do. Like I, I knew that I wanted to be in the business space, mm -hmm. but I didn't have a particular eye on, oh, I want this job or I know a specific person who has a job or I did an internship. So I really wasn't familiar. Okay. And guidance, guidance counselors at that time, uh, at least for me, were not very helpful from a career standpoint. I think they were very much limited by what they saw um, people that looked like me um, doing. And I, I never put that, those limits on myself, mm -hmm. nor did I have those limits put on me by my, my parents. They were very much strive for excellence at all um, at all costs. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, uh, education has always been a standard. Uh, you have to have an education. You've got to keep going, keep going, keep going, because that is something that can never be taken away from you. And so I knew working was not going to be an issue. I'm just going to continue to educate myself and I'll figure it out. And um, I figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. <laughs> and so let's talk a little bit about, you know, education in terms of your schooling. 
what kind of student were yeah. you? If your grade nine or 10 teacher could talk about you, what would they say? Yeah. Um, I I've always been an overachiever as far as school is concerned, but mm -hmm. that's because at home, while there was playtime, there was books time. Like yeah. summer vacation was not just about running around or, you know, going on, on vacation with your family. Mm -hmm. It was go read a book. Like you could never be at <laughs> home and be like, oh, I'm bored. Out of the question, it, like if you ever said you were bored, you're going to be reading the dictionary or the, the you know what I mean? Like yeah. writing out words from the thesaurus, right? So. Right. Um, like I, my, my mom, both of my parents, like you couldn't, they encouraged you to be forever curious. So if I came and I said, I don't understand this word, well, go look it up. Or, um, you know, if I came home and I had a, a homework question, I mean, look, God bless them. They were like, <laughs> well, why weren't you paying attention in class? So there wasn't an opportunity to... Wow kind of shirk my responsibility as far as education mm -hmm. was concerned. Um, and so I, and I enjoy reading, like I enjoy reading, I enjoy, enjoy learning, that's who I am as a person. And so school was not necessarily difficult for me. Okay. Uh, and that started like, since I was a child, like my, if, if anything, uh, I remember one of my report cards, <laughs> this will give you some semblance of, of what I was dealing with. I think I was about six or seven. And the report card was like great, great marks across the board. But, you know, there was the section where the, the teacher writes, you know, their thoughts on you. And the teacher wrote that I'm an excellent student and I have the ability to do, it says, Justina is very popular in class. Oh. And okay. she has the ability to do better, but she's often distracted. I got in a lot of trouble, like A's across the board, but because the comment said I have the ability to do better and that I'm very popular in class, my mom was like, you're, I don't send you to school to be popular. Not, you're not at school to make friends. You're at right. school to learn. <laughs> so um, for me, I always wanted to perform. Like I always wanted to do great. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I couldn't see myself not doing well and then coming home to deal with my parents. Absolutely. Right. So it, for, for me, I, I made it a point to always do well in school. And I think that my, my, my teachers, um, their sentiments about me would be that I was a good student. I was probably, especially in the early days, like I need to answer the question. I wasn't the person that was sitting in the back of the class, at least during the start of the school year. I'm at the front of the class. Sure. Maybe by the end of the school year, I'm at the back, the back of the class because it's like <laughs> the, teacher, the teacher knows I'm smart. I get good grades. Now I'm in the back. I might be, you know, talking and causing trouble, but I get my work done. You Absolutely. Know? So. That's hilarious. So, so it seems, yeah. I mean, from what I'm gathering and all that, the strive for excellence, but it also seems there's a hint of competitiveness there and, and that I, that oh, I'm gathering. For sure. <laughs> and for Absolutely, sure. Absolutely. Yes. And the hint, the hint of competitiveness is still, is, is, is still there. Ask anybody who I play any type of board game. If we're playing taboo, Look, you want me on your team because I am a, I am a sore I am a sore winner, um, and I'm a sore I'm loser too. Bad yeah. <laughs> so, do you feel so. the the competitiveness aspect, Justina, has has lended itself to you being successful in your career? Like, how critical has that been? Well, yeah, I think I'm I'm the for me. I learned early. I'm in competition with myself, right? Mm -hmm. Like all fingers are not equal. And so each one has a role to play. And for me, it's like, what is my role? What am I trying to accomplish? And how do I do it better? So the, 
to the tune of of like like let, let's bring it full circle justina has the ability to do better right and so it's like how can i do better than the thing that i already did and sometimes it's like you strive to to achieve a certain thing or get to a certain goalpost then you have to move the goalpost yourself like all right i'm here now what's next right i i i think if you stop if you get to a point and you're like okay i've done everything then it's boring and i don't like to be bored exactly right neither do i (laughs) neither do i and so i think the competitiveness piece i know when i was younger i played a ton of sports i think that really lended itself to me having a successful business and i and i view business as the biggest competition right because you're in competition with everyone yeah. And so it's constantly striving yeah. for that. And similarly to yourself, I mean, for my parents, there was always this level of expectation um, to be great and to be better yeah. than. And so I think because I had that from so young, it was something that when I went into a business environment or work environment or corporate environment, it was regular for me. It wasn't anything new. Yeah. And so I think it Correct. It and I, yeah. And I think where you have um, parents who, who push you, to be your best and who are very direct with you when you get into the business world, which is very direct, it is very cut and dry. And it's not about, oh, you know, coochie, coochie, coo. There's, there's no um, coddling in the business world. Um, if you have that type of experience in terms of your upbringing, I think you, you then know how to navigate the world because it is an adjustment, right? Like it, it's like you adjust when you go from elementary school to high school, right? When you go from high school to university, it's an adjustment. There's nobody saying, hey, you were late for class. If you want to pay for your university education and not show up, they'll take your money. That's on you. Right? Yeah. Right? And so also when you get to uh, the workplace, and if you've not developed discipline um, and you know how to interact with people and you know how to handle yourself, you're going to find it very difficult because the business world um, is, 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 strongly based on money like are you hitting the number <laughs> and if you don't hit the number they're going to move on to the person that is right and so Period. you need to be doing not you, you need to not just be meeting expectations you need to exceed expectations a thousand percent and it's funny that you say that because yeah. i think this is so good my, my first guest was george frempong who is a vp of sales and that's why i'm super excited yeah. to have yeah <laughs> and now i'm super excited <laughs> to have you give the marketing aspect because it's interesting yeah. in the B2B world. I think there's such a friction between sales and marketing sometimes. And I love yeah. to hear yeah. that from you as a marketer saying, no, it's yeah. all about hitting the numbers, hitting the targets and getting things done. Yes. I, I yes. don't know if every, so no, go ahead. No, the thing is, 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 is marketing is very uh, flowery and it's jazz hands and it's, you know, it's all of the, the, the beautifying and amplifying of the thing, right? Like, mm-hmm how do I sell this? How do I tell this story? What's the narrative? All of that is very important, but let's be very clear. If it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. Like if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Yeah. Right. And that's the reality for any business. And if anybody tells you otherwise, they are lying. And that's not to say that you don't strive to make people feel good and give them a good experience and, you know, have them believe in the brand and, and ensure that they're loyal. All of those things matter but they matter to the point that the business continues to run. Exactly. Right? Like if you, you can make, you make, you can make things as pretty as possible and you can tell the most wonderful story, but if nobody buys it, then you have not done your job. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, yes, marketing and sales are, 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 are sometimes at odds, 
but that's because I find that the the goal is clear, right? So if you give, if you tell people the direction is there, over there, right? The sales team is going where those giraffes are, and the marketing team is where I am, right? You have to be very specific. The goal is the tallest giraffe that you see, that's where we're going. Right. And if everybody knows that, then they're on the same page. There is no, there, there isn't a lack of clarity of where we're going. Okay. No, that's good advice. And so do you think it, in your experience, like I deal with it a lot in my clients, there's always this kind of at odds sales is saying, you know, marketing isn't doing their job and marketing saying sales isn't doing their job. So is kind of making sure that we're all aiming for the same goalpost um, been valuable in your past or have you ever seen like a sales and marketing a friction today in some of the organizations that you've worked with in the last few years? Is that something? Um, I think at times it can be, but again, I think it's also, there's a different sales and marketing play two different roles. Right. And so I, I you know, and I hate to, 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 to drop all of the, the, the terms or lingo that is overused, but I'm going to do it is that, um, it's like everybody's in the pool, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to stay in your lane. Absolutely. Right? You, you, if, if, if sales is over here swinging, swimming in marketing lane, it's going to get crowded. You need to be over there doing sales stuff, and I need to be over here doing marketing stuff, mm -hmm. right? Or we, we're rowing a boat, right? And, and, and you're supposed to be on the left, and I'm supposed to be on the right. You can't be over here on the right because we're going to tip this boat over. You need to be on the left. I'm going to be on the right, and we're going to row in the same direction. Yeah. But what happens is sometimes the people on this side want to come over to this side, you tip the boat over. The people, uh, you know, marketing is rowing forward, sales is rowing backwards. You're going to be stuck. And so, again, it's like, where is the destination? Where are we trying to get to? And what role does everybody play in us getting there? No, I love that. And I think that's a great segue into the conversation I want to have around what is marketing's role? Because I know that... In a lot of a lot of people have different definitions about marketing and branding and what that actually yeah. means. And you probably have a different definition than me. And a lot of my clients, yeah. you know, I speak to everybody and they have a different perspective. I'd love to hear from you. What's your definition of marketing and branding? And has it been the same yeah. in the companies that you've worked for? Um, I think that something's going on with my phone, but we will keep going. Oh, okay. I don't think that there is one definition. Can you see me? Everything. I can't see you. I can hear you though. I can. Oh, we're good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, I don't think that there is one definition of, of, of marketing that is all encompassing. Mm -hmm. My answer to that is it depends and it depends okay. on what you're trying to market, right? At the end of the day, marketing is creating awareness about a product or service. Um, period, right? And, but there are different, there are different layers uh, to that, right? So you talked about B2B and a biz, business to business arrangement. I'm not necessarily running commercials on TV to say, hey, this is Justina's Consulting, come work with me, mm -hmm. right? Whereas if I work for a consumer product company, I'm definitely on TV saying, Hey, everybody, I've got the latest and greatest, whatever gadget, you need to come buy it. Um, but all of that is marketing. Whereas from a B2B standpoint, it might be at a conference where I'm uh, displaying the ability to uh, provide a semiconductor or a widget of some sort that is necessary for other businesses to do their job. Right. There are different ways to create that awareness 
Um, so in terms of the actual levers that you pull, in terms of the action that you take. But I would say at the, at the core of, of, of marketing is creating some type of awareness mm -hmm. in terms of what it is that you are trying to get the other person to buy. Okay. Okay. No, I love that. And then in terms of, you know, we, we run a lot of outbound marketing campaigns for clients today and getting the general yeah. population or their potential customers to let them know who they are and what they do. We've seen a shift yeah. in some of our clients now really focusing on running internal marketing campaigns to get folks bought into the mission, vision, values. Is that something yeah. that you've done a lot? Is that something you think is important? I'd love to kind of get your take on that. Yes. So again, back to my analogy about where you're going, the mission, vision, values, all of that points to like a North star, if mm -hmm. you will. Right. It, it, it is, it is providing direction. You are providing the map for the company. Um, and I think that oftentimes people neglect doing that. It's like we're selling cups, right? And, but the way that Dakota thinks about selling cups and the way that Justina thinks about selling cups are two different two different ways so if you don't if you aren't specific to say we are selling red cups we don't sell blue cups we only sell to uh people who want to buy red cups and we only sell in these specific regions dakota's gonna be selling over on the left side she's <laughs> gonna be selling on the right side so again i i, I think it, it 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 is very important um for your employees to be grounded in what it is that you're trying to accomplish. I'm very big on that. Very, very okay. big on that. I think that if it, it's like, it's the adage of, um, you know, it's like you, you can't be out here giving advice if you can't keep your home in order. Right. Exactly. And so it's the same thing. It's like you want to market to this, that, and everyone, but your house isn't in order. You got to get your house in order. And so that involves internal marketing, if you will, or internal comms internal communications. People need to know about your mission values, your purpose statement. What is it that we are trying to accomplish? And everybody needs to be rowing in the same direction. Okay. That's, that's huge. And it's funny because I, I, I feel the same way. I don't know if everybody gets that yet. I think people are really focused on yeah. external branding and marketing, which is critical. You know, we call it revenue and versus reputation. So on the revenue side, we offer sales yeah. services on the reputation side, we offer marketing and everybody's focused on external. Nobody's paying attention to internal. And to your point, if, if nobody understands truly what you do, then you're out there saying different things. Yeah. Right. I yeah. Totally and what that. still happens is that, that, uh, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. is that uh, there's a letdown in experience, right? So if you are over here promoting yourself as being luxury or premium, and then you get inside and it's not that, then that's a letdown for your customer, right? But the people that need to know that first are the internal employees. Exactly. If, that, if, if, if we're offering a premium service and it needs to look a certain way and feel a certain way, mm -hmm. uh, so that when we, so that what, what we people, what we say we are is what people receive, right? Because the reality is, is you can, you can, this is where marketing falls short. You okay. can say anything you want to. We are this, this is glorious. But if the consumer doesn't agree with you, then that ain't it, right? right? If the consumer says you're, you are, we, we are what the consumer says we are, right? And so we, the marketing is an aspiration and the consumer lets us know if, we, if, we've, hit, if we've hit it on the mark. And if we haven't hit it on the mark, then we need to 
keep going, keep trying, re, you know, change course. And if we do hit it on the mark, then we have to be consistent. The goal is to continue to do the same thing at the same level, if not more, each and every time. It's like having an A and maintaining an A, right? right. Or it could be having a D and trying to get to an A, but there's always work to be done. Okay. No, that's very tactical. And I like that. And I appreciate that insight. Let's take a little shift here. Talk to me yeah. about your work at Endeavor and, and give people yeah. a little bit of background about Endeavor as a company, if they don't know who Endeavor yeah. is. And then what do you do there? What's your role as brand, as SVP of brand marketing? What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, Endeavor is a portfolio company. So we have several companies within one. I sit within the parent, which is Endeavor. And right. under the umbrella, I mean, there are over 50 companies, but some of the more familiar ones would be William uh, WME, which is our talent agency. Okay. So uh, let's say you wanted to put The Rock in a movie, you would contact WME. Uh, another one of the businesses that we own is UFC, which is um, a, a competitive sport where it's uh, mixed martial arts. Yeah. People are fighting. And they really, pretty they intense. really get to it. So <laughs> very popular. It pretty intense. Very, <laughs> very, very popular. Extremely popular. Yeah. Um, we also uh, own a lot of uh, a lot of other kind of entertainment. So Fashion Week, if you go to Fashion Week in New York, we yeah. are responsible for um, events such as Fashion Week. I know you do we Miss do Universe. Like, Miss Universe as well, we do I believe. Miss Universe. We do Sneaker Con. Uh, Miami Open. I mean, there's a lot. Um, and so for my role within marketing, honestly, I wear many different hats because there are many, as you can see, many different types of businesses. But I help in terms of setting the agenda from a marketing standpoint. What are we saying? How are we saying it? And it differs by company because each, comp each respective company is different. And at the top, it's the things that you talked about, right? What are we, what are we, how are we marketing ourselves? So what are our mission, vision, values? How does our website look? Things like that. You know, I'm new to the company. So these are things that I'm working on right now um, because some of these companies we've acquired within the last year. And so when you acquire a company that was off doing its own thing and you pull it into as part of your family, there are some things that need to adjust. So I'm going through, I'm trying to get an understanding of all the businesses. Sometimes I have to travel. I got to meet with people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think as a marketer, you often have ideas and it's like, oh, do this, do that. But I, I'd like to make it a point to get an understanding of what is the business? How does business make money before I make recommendations on how we market? Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. And is, I mean, you're, it yeah. seems like you're, 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 a marketing, you know, executive, but times almost 15 <laughs> or 20 in terms of. Oh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's constant, but it's good for me. Uh, you know, we talked about never being bored. I'm never, 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 ever, ever, ever bored because there are so many different companies and so many different lenses at which, you know, one day I'm talking about, you know, a, a mixed martial arts fight uh, via the UFC. And the next day I'm talking in a meeting, you know, with a potential uh, talent that we are trying to get to sign on to WME to represent. And it could be an athlete, it could be an actress, it could be a director. Right. You know, I went to the set of uh, Coming, Amer Coming to America 2, 
Like, it, I mean, it, it varies. It, it, it's all very, very interesting. And um, sure. I'm really, really happy. Yeah, I think you, you get to meet a lot of people. I mean, I, I did see yeah. you know, on your on your LinkedIn or on your Instagram uh, a while back, I seen that you were at like a dinner or a lunch yeah. with Hillary Clinton. So that must oh, have yeah. been exciting. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just out here just trying to have a good time, live my best life, you know, me and my giraffe. <laughs> but yes, uh, I do. I, I, I am. I'm very, very fortunate. I am. I'm blessed. I've uh, I've been in the company of some really, really um, special people, mm -hmm. people of influence, people of means. And I take it all in stride. I try to be very grounded about it all. Uh, I, I mean, I take people for who they are and how they interact with me. Sure. And, um, you know, it, it's been it's been good. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so let's yeah. talk about before you got to Endeavor, which you've been there. Um, you're yeah. saying it's been pretty recent. You were at Apple and you were the yeah, head of content and strategy and lifestyle. Yes. That's huge. I'd love to, to learn yeah. about your role there. Yeah. So at Apple, um, essentially, I was responsible for all of the marketing that um, happened with anything that you could find in the entertainment space so okay. books movies news tv podcasts uh music i'm thinking i'm missing one um there was yes. a lot <laughs> so essentially yes anything that you could find effectively i mean this is reducing it to something basic but anything that you could find at the time within itunes or that was like of a digital means so, you know, iBooks or Apple Books, as it's called now, um, Apple News, how do we reach out to the customer? How do we amplify, um, you know, because Apple tends to market the devices and not necessarily the services. Sure. And how do we amplify sure. the services um, so that people are aware uh, that these services exist and that we have uh, high levels of engagement and then sometimes that people subscribe. So. Um, I was there very early um, in the process of uh, um, Apple Music, so just okay. after it launched, it was uh, it was Beats Music. Apple acquired Beats. It became Apple Music, and so I was very much involved in the promotion of Apple Music worldwide. Mm -hmm. um, all of the amplification, getting consumers to understand that, um, you know, essentially they had over 40 million songs in their pocket. Right. And um, yeah, so it was, it was good. It was a good time. Sure. And so, I mean, Apple, I think, is a brand that anybody and everybody recognizes. They're global, yeah. they're huge. What did you learn there? Like, what do you think they're doing right or have been doing right for the last few years that other people could jump on? Um, so, this for me is, is very personal because I was at Nokia when the iPhone launched. And okay. um, there were a lot of people <laughs> who counted Apple. They counted Apple out because Apple was late to the, to the, to the smartphone game. They were, they were late to um, mobile um, in that respect. And um, I saw it immediately. I was like, oh, they're coming. And, uh, you know, Nokia at one point had 40% global market share and Apple had maybe 0.2 wow. because Apple was very much an American phenomenon. And then you had other brands that were very much global. And they just, when I talk about relentless execution and when I, when I talk about being, you want to talk about being true to your brand. And I, I, I talk about, um, we, we talked about the example of, what you say internally versus what you do externally and 
very much so it's like we have to continue to offer this level of service, this level of product over and over. And that thing is beaten into you over and over and over again, but it makes for a, a, a consistent experience. And what I will say for Apple and what they've done and continue to do really well. Could you bring the mic a little closer? It's just, it's a little. Sure. Absolutely. Is that better? Perfect. 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 Yes. They offer a consistent experience. And, um, you know, because of that, people come to trust the brand and they don't even think about it. It's like, it's like air at this point, right? So if Apple comes out with another, another phone, you're like, of course I'm going to buy it. It's what I have now. I'm very happy with it. You know what I mean? It's seamless. It's easy to use. And that, honestly, many brands could afford to, 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 to take notes in that respect. It's like the, you have to offer a level of service and you have to continue. Again, you have to, you have to, you have to start with an A and you got to maintain an A. Sure, sure. And so before you know, we wrap up here, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your path of getting to Apple, getting to Silicon Valley as a Canadian. Like, oh. Tell us a bit of the story. How did you get there? Okay, sure, absolutely. My path was not direct. Um, so in terms of getting to the States, I was at L'Oreal okay. in, in, in Toronto, and the path in terms of career growth, head office for Canada was in Montreal, um, head office for the States was in New York, and head office period was in Paris. So there were essentially three paths I could take. I could go to Montreal, I could go to New York, or I could go to Paris. Mm -hmm. I chose to go to New York. Right. Um, while in New York, I got a job. I worked at Pepsi, and you know that would that began my kind of life in the states. Okay. I made a lot of friends. I I worked really hard. I networked, and um, you know from Pepsi, I moved to Nokia. I was at Nokia for about four years. Um, I left Nokia. I consulted for Verizon. Um, while I was in that role, there was an opportunity to work for Beats, okay. and um, I was pursuing the role. I essentially got down. I was I had I was signing contracts, and I think it was maybe four days after I'd signed my contract, um, Tyrese leaked that Apple was acquiring Beats, and uh, <laughs> my my offer with Beats essentially what fell fell through because sure. Apple put a stop to everything. Like sure. any discussions around hiring, stop, stop everything that you're doing. Um, so needless to say, I was not happy. And it's right. not to say that I was ne necessarily unhappy in my role, but I was pursuing something new and it didn't, didn't come to fruition. And uh, I think they came back maybe about six months later with a consulting position in uh, Cupertino. And I was like, mm, I love Apple. Believe me, I love, love, love Apple, but I'm not going to leave my current job. I wasn't prepared to leave my current job for a consulting role. And so I turned it down and uh, they came back around and they offered me a permanent role in LA uh, a year later. And I accepted that role. So essentially I got a job at Beats and then I, I didn't get into the company until a year and a half later. Wow. And uh, so at the time I was living in New York, I moved from New York to Los Angeles. Um, and that's how I got to Silicon Valley. And I mean, so you're in LA now. Yes, I'm in LA now. I was essentially a part of Silicon Valley, if you will, 
when I was at Nokia because we had offices on, on, on this side that I would often travel to, yep. but I didn't live here. I moved here uh, specifically for Apple. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And so do, do you want to come back to Canada or you're staying in the U.S.? <laughs> Oh, hold on. I think I am. Do you see me again? Yeah, What's I can happening? see you. Okay. okay. Uh, so are you um, looking to come yeah. back or you're, you're staying in the U.S.? Uh, the thing is, is you never know. I, I, I don't say no to anything. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, look at the current climate of things. I'm of technically working from home. So I, you know, look, maybe I'll do my summers in Toronto. Like hey. at, at this point, right? Like, <laughs> it looks like you're I, in, in Africa though. <laughs> Look, I, I could be anywhere as long as I, as I have an internet connection, my phone, my laptop. I can pretty mo pretty much move with uh, with ease. Of course. So, and on the yeah, on I'll the topic of uh, on the topic of Africa, I know that uh, you ran a very monumental, or were a part of running a very monumental <laughs> campaign yeah. um, for um, the continent of Africa, the Year of Return. If you could just share a little yeah. bit about that. And I know that um, yeah. you know, I'm somebody who's of, of Scottish and, and Jamaican descent. I mean, I'm, I'm Canadian born, but, um, you know, I own a house in Jamaica. I have a lot of ties there. Um, it's important to me being authentic to your culture. It, it's part of, yeah. you know, um, of how I live every day. And I think it's, I won't speak for you, but it seems that that's something that's important to you as well. So I'd love to, to hear yeah. about that experience quickly. Yeah, I, I, I don't know any other way than to live my culture and I don't think my people would allow me to live any other way they would sure. they would definitely snatch me up real quick um <laughs> as far as going back to going to Africa because I, I it's it, there yes going back to Africa if you will so there was a group of us um I'm part of a a, a group called we colloquially we're known as WAVE but the West African Voltron and um, we're a group of like-minded West Africans that hang out, we chat, uh, we counsel one another, we, you know, highlight business opportunities. We're just a, you know, we're just a crew that like, it's just a real good support network. And we were all planning um, during the Christmas break to go to um, Africa, specifically Nigeria and Ghana. And uh, we were bringing effectively a delegation with us, a group of people. And I was responsible for the Nigeria per portion, given that I'm Nigeria, and my friend Bose was responsible for the Ghanaian portion. And uh, we started out with 21 people specific to Nigeria, and we spent about 10 days there. And then we grew quickly to about 102 people um, in Ghana. And again, I think, you know, it, what initially started as something small um, has become something huge because they've since gone back. They went back again uh, last year. I didn't go. But, you know, it's to create awareness, right, that Africa is open for everybody. Pick a country, any country. Pick several countries. Take a trip. Um, and expose yourself to the richness that is there because the, the, the countries will receive you with open arms. Um, and specifically within Ghana, the government is very much a proponent of the year of return or returning period. It doesn't have to be a point in time, um, but we wanted to commemorate, uh, you know, the what is recognized as, as a time where uh, our people were taken as, were stolen mm -hmm. um, to be, a, a, you know, indentured servants. 
Um, to, and, and so, you know, we want people to take back control and, and, right. and have ownership of their lives and ownership of themselves and recognize that they are from somewhere and they, they do have culture and they do have extended family, even if they don't know them. And there's power in knowing who you are and knowing your worth and wherever that is, right? And if, and if, it's, and if it's Canada and that's where, then you need to own that. And if it's Jamaica, then you need to own that. And if it's Nigeria, then you need to own that. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And you need to stand very proud in your truth. And I'm very much, um, I, I, I strive for that in everything that I do. And I think you're, you're very much the same way. I think yeah. that um, it is good. It is really good to 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 know yourself, as they say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've seen um, most recently uh, you in a uh, P Diddy birthday video <laughs> in one of these. In, 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 and I want to pronounce it correctly. In the in the head wrap, the it's like a crown uh -huh. almost. It's called, it's, yes, it's called a gale. Yes, gale. My crown. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you, have, you go. Uh, you have an eagle eye, Dakota. Yes, I. He um, did. He had a, an epic fiftieth uh, birthday, and you know I wanted to represent for my people. You know what I mean. So I put my gale and I had it tilted just so, so that you know, <laughs> you, you may not know my name, but you're gonna recognize me and you oh, know, recognize that royalty is amongst uh, royalty is, is is in the house. And so yeah. yeah, it was it was great. It was it was black excellence at, at its finest, and um, I had a great time. It was, it yeah, was you made the cut. I mean, there was like a minute, a two-minute video, cut. and you made the cut. So you must have been on. I made the cut, yes. <laughs> so thank you so much, Jacita. If there's any lasting advice that you could give to people who want to excel in marketing um, yeah. you know, for 2020, what's some just like positive advice that you could leave yeah, with young look, people? I think, and, and I think this works, this works for marketing and this works for essentially anything is to know your craft, right? There is, there is, I, I don't ever stop learning just because I'm not in school. I'm always looking to people who have done it before me. I'm asking questions. I am forever curious. And it's not just uh, people who are older necessarily, right? It, it could be somebody young, right? When you look at Facebook and you look at TikTok and you look at a lot of the services that you see popping up, these are young people with great ideas. So great idea can come from anywhere. And I think you need to be open to receive, open to learning. Um, and as long as you stay forever curious, you stay um, humble, stay grounded, success will find you. Perfect. Thank you. That was brilliant. You're Thank very you welcome. so much Thank for joining. You. And uh, of course. forward Anytime. to talking soon. 